it out now. All right, episode 11, SPFL pod. Hoff and I got a good one for you. Big dog, what's cracking? Chilling, man. We're back in the lab after a nice little week off, you know, recharge the engines and, or I don't know what the saying is, but yeah, taking our week off, getting back. And now we're hungry for some analysis, for some takes. Mm -hmm. This is the take lab. I personally, (laughs) I personally like the, um, we've kind of got this bi-weekly cadence going now it was getting it was starting to feel a little a little burnt every week i thought once we got to like eight or nine and now we've done two in a row bi-weekly two in a month and i feel like it's like we got really good shit to talk about there's more that's happened uh, more time to marinate i like mm. this cadence i think Maybe once we that- get back to playoffs we'll do it every week but you month. said more time to marinate i would say on top of that more meat on the bone for us to uh for us to gobble up yeah all in all a heartier meal all in all <laughs> i think off top um you know let's chill out bowman you know i don't want the f i don't want the uh the fbi knocking down the door of one of our league members anyway moving forward <laughs> bowman bowman i don't know if you should have a dog <laughs> <laughs> just kidding man it's okay it's gonna be okay you would, hey, you would take great care of that dog, take him out to Fed Hill Park every single day. It's just, you're, you'd be a really great dog owner. You'd be a great dog father, Bowman. And don't let anybody tell you differently. Not even me. <laughs> not even big dog, not gravy, not Pete. Don't listen to him. <laughs> All right, so what do we got? What do you got for us this week, Strikes? Right, what, what are we chomping let's, uh, What's the big dog chomping? Let's talk. Let's talk trades because we got the deadline tomorrow at midnight. So there's, we're officially on like the 36 hour warning of the trade deadline, which is exciting. I think it's already proven better than the NFL trade deadline, which is always just disappoints. Um, so we can, I've had some discussions with, with people. We almost had a, a the unprecedented first ever three-way trade yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it fell through because I was a party pooper and wasn't ready to to send the person that I needed to send. Um, I will say it's the three way trade has popped into my head at least ten times this year. Of like, I need to like this guy wants this from me, but I don't have it. But I can yeah. go get it from that guy. But I don't know if I want to pay the premium for that guy to bring it back to this guy. Let's just all get in the room and move the pieces around. But we are also it's a little we, we're. We're all friends. We're all trade happy. We're all good business partners, but it is a little cloak and dagger with the negotiations to where I think a lot of guys don't want to give up the edge of negotiating with two people out in the open with each other instead of having the ability to just silo themselves off. That's the vibe I get. And maybe that's just a projection of how I carry myself in trades. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's kind of how it manifested in your first point about like, you don't have the pieces, but you want the piece from the other person, but there might be yeah. another league member that have it. That's sort of how it manifested yesterday. <clears throat> um, with, uh, I think, so Gravy was trying to get AJ Dillon from Prater, but didn't have the pieces because he has so many bye weeks and Prater is still, you know, trying to go 4-0 and and potentially have a miracle happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of Jake's bye weeks, he didn't have 
players that he could trade to Prater who he needs right now. And he was going to, he wanted to send Ridley and Sanders. So I hopped in and offered like some of my backup running backs and Robbie Anderson. And ultimately that wasn't enough for Prater. So James Connor entered the conversation and Connor is just not enough. The risk of Calvin Ridley and then like Miles Sanders is fine. RB two, RB three. He's a downgrade from Connor in my opinion, even when Mm -hmm. comes back, but you know, Ridley is the tantalizing piece there. And I'm, I'm still like thinking about it, (laughs) but ultimately I said no for, for Connor Mm -hmm. in that that situation. It's the I I don't, I'm way more down on Ridley than you. Um, And it's, Oh my God. After watching the game last night, that's the most flaccid offense for the talent that they have. I mean, it was really bad, really poor, really, really even if he does come back, how are they getting in the football? Like Kyle Pitts is, the best athlete on the field and they couldn't get him the football. Yeah. He Ryan, I mean, I know the receivers are not good, but even like he didn't even have time to let his receivers get down the field really. So that's another point of it. I think that Ridley would be still fine just based on volume. Even if he caught eight passes a game for like 70 or 80 yards on my team, if that that's, I can throw him in the flex and I'm okay with that because my receivers are good. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I'm still chomping on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Falcons are bad, really bad. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, indicative of Brett's 28 points from the Patriots defense last night, which just put me in the grave before I even started living. That guy makes the right moves every week, I swear. Shout out, Brett. <laughs> nice job so far. Yeah, we'll talk about Brett later. <laughs> 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 a sore spot for the number two guy i've been chasing you know, you, him for five weeks now I you know you him. you caught up in record but then that points four especially if he gives you that shellacking this week after the mm-hmm. patriots set that up you're just gonna get banished right back down to like muck plus with you and doff <laughs> all the all the headway i made on points four in like the last four or five weeks is just gonna be erased when brett puts up like 160 and i put up like a 110 <laughs> oh man well you made a big trade this week right it was yeah. uh <clears throat> oh i pulled up it was zeke andrews and uh it was the dan arnold for eckler yeah. cooper and carlos hyde um my initial reaction is i thought it's actually pretty even um i think if you wanted to dive into it, dad technically gets the victory because I think it made his team more better with uh, kind of keeping an RB one and then really getting a set it and forget it wide receiver, which he was struggling with. And then tight end is a mess anyway. Like even though Andrews is up there on the tight end rankings, he's still only like what, like, one or two points a game better than Dan Arnold. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a big win for him to get Cooper who, as long as he stays healthy, should be, should be good on your side. um, I know you wanted the Ravens stack gambling on the Ravens, putting up 30 plus for, from here on out. Um, 
man, you've got the only two pass catchers that we basically have. Right. <laughs> and, if we're, and if Lamar's throwing 40 passes, who are they going to go to? Exactly. They're going to go but, to the two guys on your squad. Yeah. And so the insight on that was, um, number one, the Chargers have been so fucking frustrating, dude. Yeah, that's like true. ever since I think it was the Browns game point. was the last like big offensive explosion they had. I would say after we thumped them, which is low key a long time ago now, um, they've been terrible. And Eckler gets his volume, but like, can the offense get better? Right. And what about his hip? Um, yeah. So I guess yeah, I yeah. saw that even though Eckler in a vacuum is like his game is better than Zeke's from a fantasy I, point of view. Yeah. I saw it as because of his receptions, but like Doff parlayed Zeke into spreading out more spots, right? Mm-hmm. And then I I saw the opportunity to like really firm up a tight end spot and like look for like top end, top top end production mm-hmm. from Andrews versus like a stable a stable production from Arnold of like seven to ten. And then it's just, I, I'm contradicting myself, but it's trusting that my wide receivers that I have on the bench, I like to think that I've got a good combo of like seven, but then also maybe 20 to 20 point wide receivers, like four or five of them. It's just going to be time to roll with them and go for a higher ceiling at the risk of a lower floor. That's kind of how, that's how I was looking at it. And I just like Zeke, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know Ross likes Zeke. <laughs> Who says you we're done? going for Kamara? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, um, did, so did Zeke's upcoming schedule have any, um, effect on your decision either? Cause I'm looking at it <clears throat> and the Cowboys have been through 10 weeks, you know, they, Kellen Moore is taking what the defense gives him. He's not mm-hmm. trying to force the run. He's not trying to force the pass. He is so far, if there was a, award for offensive coordinator of the year it's it's got to be him mm-hmm. um but he's got case they've got kc this week which you know on paper is a big uh passing matchup so maybe zeke gets a little less there but then raiders saints redskins or sorry football team giants football team arizona not until arizona is there really like even an implied passing script so they should be feeding mm-hmm. zeke i think yeah and he's also matchup proof i mean he's he scored some well sure he's he scored points against uh some decent run defense yeah over yeah, well, i'm looking at your team now i think like it, it was a win-win for both teams you your wide receiver uh squad is is already pretty strong i mean mike williams has been faltering after a fucking scorching start but you still got Kirk there. You've got OBJ on the bench. Um, and then three starters. Renfro has been Carr's safety blanket. So you didn't need any upgrade there. Did I lose you? Uh-oh. Sorry, slight technical difficulties there. Um Continuing to say, looking at my opinion, looking at your trade, you it made sense for you to upgrade tight end after trading me Hawkinson, and then you didn't lose anything at running back, and your wide receivers are still solid. So, Dolph got a right. I didn't wide receiver more so than mm-hmm. his downgraded tight end. 
kept a kept a RB one. So I agree with your win win analysis. Mm-hmm. Or claim, and it's also like like this. I would see it as a fluid process that started with Hawkinson, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I traded you Hawk because it was like, all right, I need to like, I need to get a league winner at this spot. I don't really want a stable at this spot. I think yep. before last week where, you know, I was exposed a little bit. Um, I thought I had really, really good depth, but depth isn't going to be what takes you to the top. So Agreed, it started yeah. with like, all right, let's clear Hawkinson out. Let's take a flyer on either a bust or a league winner and OBJ. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the upgrade eventually gets to Andrews who I would say and Hawkinson is like, I mean, before that zero, that sucks, by the way, I'd never root for that in my trades. Uh, Only like good trades. But anyway, before that zero, he was like a better Dan Arnold, right. As opposed to like a worse Mark Andrews. Whereas like Mark Andrews is like a slightly worse Travis Kelsey or George Kittle where there's like an explosive top end, but he's not, as his floor is not as stable as theirs so he's in he's like a tweener whereas Hawkinson I felt like was more of a a muck tight end I guess and I'm trying to get out of the muck I agree with you after after last night or sorry after last week and Hawkinson zero I'll be paying attention to the weather for the Lions games (laughs) for the foreseeable future he'll he'll definitely get the start in home meetings uh or home games but uh any away games with some bad weather I think uh, the lion Jared Goff just sucks, man. He sucks. He's so bad. Like this week, his record without Sean McVay now, especially with the Jeff uh, Fisher era under his belt. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were they like six and ten his last year before McVay got there? Yep. And then his rookie year, seven. It was like seven and nine, six and ten, and now he's oh nine and one. How funny is it that the way that they avoided going being the first zero and seventeen team ever? <laughs> Is potentially just by having a tie. Just a tie with the Steelers, which is nice. It's I mean, good for us. It's good for us, yeah. Fuck the Steelers. Um, but I'm just looking at it right now. In Cle- the Lions are playing Cleveland this week. The forecast in Cleveland showers with a low of 40. So freezing rain volume two. Hawkinson might hit the bench, depending on the late week updates on Alex Collins or Latavius Murray. So that's why I put him in the flex so I can move him. And I started Henry at the tight end spot, which is a frustrating game for Henry. He could have had a big game, but had some PI. And then he just, you know, Mac Jones is spreading the ball around, especially like, I don't know if you watched the game, but Mac Jones just threw like six yard hitches the entire game, basically. Sounds very early Brady-esque. Yeah. I think yeah. they're doing a good job with him. And I'm, as a, as a Boston hater, I'm genuinely concerned that they're going to finish out and take the division from the bills. I would fucking hate that if they were just back after one year, oh. it pissed me off so much. They've got tough games coming up though. They, I know they have the bills and then next week they have a tough game too. Uh, hold on. I'll tell you just a second. Where is my mouse? There it is. Uh, oh, it's Tennessee next week. Who's the best team in the AFC right now. And then Buffalo. And then they have a bye. Then they have Indy, Buffalo again, and then they finish up the season with cake matchups with Jacksonville and Miami. But next five weeks, there's a bye in between, but Tennessee, Buffalo, Indy, Buffalo. It's four tough games, so we'll see. I guess both teams are in control of their destiny since they both have each other left and the rest of the AFC East, right? Two matchups in the next five weeks, yeah. 
All right, let's, uh, before we move on to our segment of the week, one more trade deadline tomorrow at midnight. I can't wait to see the fireworks pop off or just be like completely disappointed in the lack of movement. But I think we'll get by, something. By tomorrow, you mean Saturday at midnight because in case this doesn't come out today. Oh, yeah, yeah, Saturday, November As of today's 20th. recording yeah. at 12.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. It'll come out this afternoon. As long as I don't put any Spotify songs in there, it's published immediately, so I just have to edit it. Um, from the technical difficulties. All right, let's move on. So our segment yes. of the well, week. To go along with that PSA, Big Dog is still very much uh, considering trades. I'm, I'm on I the will phone be very. I, I will be hitting the phones until, 11, until wait, Eastern time, right? The trade deadline? Uh, uh, I'll have to check, but I believe so. Whatever, 59 p.m. Mountain time. Hit me up. Hold on, let me check. It's in Pacific time. 12 p.m. <laughs> midnight Pacific time. That's yes. like, that's such a little low key troll by Gravy Nice. <laughs> I think, no, I think that's it. Maybe Gravy will take, uh, <laughs> will own that. But I've had this happen with Yahoo before several times where we like think you think it's Eastern, but like Yahoo's default setting is Pacific time. So I think uh, he can swap because, that. He can swap that in league yeah, settings. Okay. Actually, I've been the commissioner of other Yahoo leagues. I think that's just uh, well, either troll gravy it. or lazy gravy. I will. Ke- I would advocate to keep it at Pacific time so that the East Coast boys have until like three a.m. That'd be kind of <laughs> that would fuck, that would fuck <laughs> with them so much. I love it. All right, let's move on to our segment. So our segment this week is the pick six. Now we're really not. Uh, ripping off CBS here, which I think literally has a podcast called the Pick Six Podcast, is just a good name. What we're going to do is we're we're going to go back and forth um, and talk about who we think are the top six teams by the end of Week 14 that mm-hmm. will be playing in the playoffs for SPFL Year 2021. So mm-hmm. we're going to go six to one. Um. I have some notes here, uh, and I guess I can I can kick us off. I can kick us off with my number six, um, and you tell me. So at number six, the final spot in the playoffs, I'm taking Dark Horse BLR. Okay, and it's my it's my dark dark horse playoff team here, and I'll give you my reasoning here. So for BLR, the schedule is cake for the next three weeks, including this week, right? This week, he's got checked out Norse. Next week, he's got Falco with no D-hop because the Cardinals are on by. Then he's got HTA, and then he's got Dolph. Now, the thing here is he's the only team that I made notes for that needs to go three and one in order to even mm-hmm. have a shot, but he's got the points on his side. He is PF3. Yep, he's PF3. No, wait, mm-hmm. hold on. sorry. Yes, he BLR is PF3, currently in the ninth spot. A win this week versus Norse jumps him up the standings, regardless of what happens with the other guys. Um, it might not put in, if Gravy and Fats win, obviously it's not going to put him into the five or six spot after this week. But if both of them lose, there's potential for BLR to jump from nine to 
a playoff spot. Um, he does have a little bit of bi-week turmoil and a potential must-win in week 14, which is the last week of the regular season. That game's against dads of their family, um, but it's Damian Harris, and by then, Kareem Hunt could be back. So he might be able to slot in Kareem Hunt there, um, nullifying any bi-week blues that he might have. So I think the possibility is there for Ben to to claim one of these spots because of his points for the guys that have one more win than him right now are going to need eight victories. I think to overtake him, if Ben can get to seven and seven could get you into the sixth spot, his points are going to, are going to get him there. So um, he's going to end up there on tiebreaker unless two of the teams, gravy fats, Falco or Sherrod, can get to eight wins, which would mean three and one for all four of those teams. Mm-hmm. That's it. I do not have BLR on the list. Okay. I think the record, um, just the starting record, I don't have any teams that aren't five and five or better. So you could okay. call me Chalk Daddy. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think, like you said, the bye weeks, I, I take bye weeks heavily into account with rosters. Um, and like you said, he has to go three and one, whereas it's a it's a shorter slope to climb um, for the uh, for the five and five teams. And I just at the end of the day, even though he is PF three and points four matters when it comes down to tiebreakers, I don't think he's going to assemble the wins uh, down the stretch necessary to put himself in a position to have a tiebreaker. So. Um, BLLR is off my list. So we'll go to number six. And by the way, guys, if you're listening, the format we're choosing is when like someone who's on our list, we pick them, we're both going to discuss that person. And then wherever they are in the other person's rankings, we'll just say, all right, this is my number three. And we already talked about it. It's just to save time. Yeah. Uh, so and my I, numbers... I, I will say too, before you, before you say your number six, I did, Ben was the last team. So I kept Bayou, HTA, and Norse out of this. So the number six person that you have, if they aren't someone that I have, I still have notes on them. So we can still, still yes. discuss. Okay. Okay. Um, I, we can all, I can also just, let's just cleave out Bayou, Norse, and HTA then just to okay. make sure that the, that everybody understands that they're not making the playoffs. Um, my number six, I've actually got a gravy train. Now, speaking of points four, he has a better record than BLR. That one win is, I think, really important when it comes down the stretch. And he's only 13 points, tw- or excuse me, 23 points behind him. Um, Montgomery is his X factor there. I also think he has one more trade to make. And then to firm up that RB spot, Miles Sanders. So we've been talking about Miles Sanders, but he's on the IR. Oh, he's designated. He's, he's been, he practiced yesterday. And I think he's, he's back. Right. So you either acquire Sanders, right. Or his RBs are Sanders and Montgomery, which is just like, you know, lock it in meat and potatoes, 12 to 15. And he's got Daryl. Um, he's got Daryl Henderson. I mean, that's the thing is you want to talk about buys down the stretch. This is his big buy week. And then he's back at it next week. And even with the buys, he's got two number one guys and AJ Brown and Mike Evans going, um, and then again, Montgomery and Sanders. Sanders is back this week, right? Just double check. I think yeah, so. He's got Montgomery and Sanders going, who are, we've overused the word bell cow, but you know, 
they're two guys that are going to get a lot of carries and they're going to get a lot of volume and they're going to get, like I said, 12 to 15 points. Kelsey's the best tight end in football. Casey is just now getting hot. Um, that's very scary. And then Brown, I don't see the league disciplining Brown, um, considering that Aaron Rodgers made more of a stink and his only uh, discipline was a fine. So whenever Brown, Antonio Brown comes back, he's going to have a nasty double stack with Evans and Brown. He's my number six. Um, where do you have him on your list? So I've got gravy at five. Uh, All right. You want, you want to do your gravy spiel then? Yeah. And he's, he's got the most like clear good and bad of really any team that I thought I made notes on. So I completely am aligned with you on the good for him with his trade for Montgomery and the Chicago backfield. I thought that was massive because he was, he was hobbled at running back. Um, and especially this week, if he didn't have him, he would have been like, you know, literally starting a running back off of the waivers or just crossing his fingers that Miles Sanders ends up playing Sunday, which he, mm-hmm. I think he will, but it could, they could push him back to next week. You don't know <laughs> yet at least. Um, so, but I think he's, so one thing about the buys that I had is his bad. So obviously this week he's got real tough bye week blues with Daryl Van Jefferson and Judy, but he's not out of the woods quite yet. Next week, Kelsey has a buy. So he's getting mm-hmm. hot, but he he has to sit next week. Week 13, A.J. Brown has a bye. And then week mm-hmm. 14, Miles Sanders has a bye. So there, it, Gravy still does have one potential starter on the shelf for the next – until the regular season is over. However, mm-hmm. I see him with his points for kind of similar as Ben. Gravy, I think, only needs two wins – to get into the playoffs. And I think he wins this week, a little bit of a shot into the future for our matchups. I'm going to pick him because Jack uh, Pitts was in a a good spot to have a big game and he only got four points. So I think, I think Jake is in a good spot to win this game. And then he's got only got to win one game over the next three weeks, um, which they're all playoff teams, (laughs) which is brutal. Yeah. But yeah, he's only got to get he's only got to get two wins, and I think he does that. So that's yeah. I have gravy at five. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he is definitely on the knife's edge with this, as are all of the mm-hmm. the muck teams. Um, and that's why I have him, even though I would put him just because obviously because of the points for maybe he's one of the he's the best five and five team. Um, but because of the schedule and because of the peppered buys after this, that's why I put him at six. Um, so gravy's your number five. My number five is Ross. Okay. I think wow. I'm ready. I'm ready to see Ross and it, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. I'm doing, um, I guess for this list, I'm doing like if big bets pay off, right. Okay. That's how I'm thinking for my team. And that's how, and I'm trying to see the board for Ross a little bit. I think Cam Newton's a big bet and number five, he is number five. If Cam pays off. Um, I said this for gravy too, but I think Ross also has one more trade to make. Um, he's got Corderell as a, as a piece. He's got Alvin and Ingram as a um, running back handcuff duo as a piece. And I think both or either of those can be used to, because they're both like total blue chippers. Mm-hmm. 
either of them can be used to spread and cover a little bit more spots because he has these two these two elite things in New Orleans running back, whichever one it may be given the day, and Patterson. And then he's also got Kittle, too, and kills a top two. He can use any of those to spread the floor and cover some holes. Yep. And I think Newton, I think they're going to run the shit out of him. I think they know he can't pass. They showed that they can get Sam fucking Darnold the league league and what was it dude his like five touchdowns from the first two or three weeks was the league lead i think for rushing touchdowns for like six or seven weeks and it's still the league lead for rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks yep so they know what the fuck they're doing with his offense and he has mccaffrey um to keep the defense on their heels you know it's kind of like when ingram and lamar it's not a one-to-one comparison but it's like when when defenses knew ingram was dominant the field was more open for Lamar, right? So I think Cam Newton's a bet that's going to pay off. I think that's going to get him out of the muck into the number five spot. Um, is Ross on your list? Ross is not on my list, but I have notes for him. Um, so I, I'll, I'll talk about your points first before I get into to mine. It's a, I think Ross, I agree with you 100% that he's got three blue chip assets in Patterson the New Orleans running back tandem and Kittle, if he uses them to, to spread, which he's trying to do, I think there's mm-hmm. a few good candidates, right? There's uh, potentially you, there's Gravy, and then there's Ben, um, who are just kind of like ceiling to floor deep and have, you know, enough good players all the way through their roster at every position for him to be able to do that. I've been talking with him about Kamara for weeks and I just don't, I'm just, I'm so top heavy that I don't think I have something for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, that you're exactly right. I think he probably needs to, to do that, to spread it out a little bit, um, diversify his bonds, mm-hmm. if you will. Um but I, I like the pick. It's a bold pick. My reasons for not having Ross in, and I probably would have put him at six, um, but <clears throat> he needs to go three and one. If he doesn't, if he goes two and two, he's out of it. But he needs to go three and one. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because he has Brett next week and some bye week blues in week 13 with Cam Newton on the bench. Um, so, you know, you have to, Brett's projected in week 12 against Ross, almost 140 points. So he's going to have to slay the dragon and Cam Newton has a buy in week 13, which he doesn't have another quarterback on the roster right now. So he's going to have to get <laughs> the playoff the waivers. So for those two reasons, I, I, I think that Ross is going to make a move. I agree. And I think he's going to make a move for one of those wide receivers. Um, well, depending on who he trades, but he, he could make a splash and, and make it happen. The biggest thing is you have to take a loss from Brett next week, pretty much. And then can he do enough to beat fats in week 13 um, with Cam Newton on by and no other quarterback on the roster? He's been playing this game all year. <laughs> so I mean, I I see three I see three wins for Ross at, okay. in those matchups personally, and in that one matchup, that's where he can find you know fucking Tua again or some shit like that, 
And I just, I, I just think he has the most um, trade capital over the next 36 hours to, to firm up his team, especially, I mean, that's, we can get into the, the rest of the muck and maybe discuss who we left off once we get to the end, but like a fats, what what holes can he plug up? And I think once Ross pulls the trigger on a trade involving one of his blue chips, he's going to vault over um, the other non gravy five and five muck teams. I know that's a specific distinction, but there are a handful of them. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And that's, there's, so there's just a clear like drop in terms of points, right? Like, I was actually going to propose that we talk about Jack and Fats right now before we get into the top four because it's a it's a different story. It's basically who can get to to the buys potentially. I didn't have any four any of the top four people dropping out of the playoffs. Uh, did you? True. I mean that is true. We should distinguish the top four from the muck. Maybe <laughs> maybe none of us in the top four are the muck. Are you, do you have any, do you have Brett, me, yourself, or dad, not in the playoffs? And no, that, okay, that's, okay. that's my top four. And, okay. you know, someone could clip that and, you know, I don't make the playoffs and they're like, Oh, remember when you said no, <laughs> but I mean, I'm picking what I'm picking. Like yeah, I, yeah. the win total alone gives us some security down the stretch. And my I team agree. is the best position when it comes to buys of the teams that are in the shouting right. distance of not, making the playoffs yeah okay cool i i agree with you there and i have those four teams in some order in top four so what let's talk about jack and and fats real quick um i think they're the story for both of them is similar in what they need they both need to go three and one um and i guess now that i'm i wrote it down didn't click but now that we're talking about it somebody's gonna end up going three and one um Mm -hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see who. So I'll start with Jack. <clears throat> I think in the, in the power rankings episode that we had with Kamish, at that point, he was five and three. He was facing a hobbled Fats team. And then he had Bayou last week. And I was already counting him in basically as like joining the top four tier almost because I thought he would beat Fats. And then I thought he would, he'd be six and three at that point and kind of in the driver's seat. What's the reality is that he's lost both of those two games matchups where he put up 85 against fats who put up a hundred. And then he put up one Oh three with a heartbreaking 27 carries with only nine points to show for it from Eli Mitchell That's last unbe- week. Unbelievable. A heartbreaker. Um, you know, D hop not playing has, crushed his his point totals and his wide receivers and then he should he's out again this week i just got the update like 20 minutes ago that hopkins is out again and arizona has a bye next week so it's tough that's a month that's a month without um falco's you know plug and play wide receiver two behind chase so three and one seems kind of far away, just far away for, for Jack with injuries being banged up with DeAndre Hopkins and not being able to get to six wins with two winnable matchups. Um, that's my, that, and Pitt's dud last night was a killer on top of Hopkins not playing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to take, I'm going to take Jake in that matchup and 
I think that kills Jack. Mm-hmm. It's the, the it's not quite a snake bitten season. I think he's made some good moves. I think his team's pretty strong. Um, the Hertz trade looked good for him on the aftermath as well. Um, but it's like little touches that you've talked about that have just added up for him, right? Like yeah. little nudges have just kept going in the wrong way for him. I mean, Eli Mitchell should have just exploded with 27 carries last week. And not this isn't a criticism, but it's like this is how things turned out. He hitched his wagon to Eli Mitchell, that, you know, whenever that was, week two. And – that's that's just what happens. You got to take risks in this league. You got to push your chips in if you're going to get a championship. And little nudges have just not worked out for him. Uh, real quick shout out since I got absolutely drubbed by Brett from State Farm. Shout out BLR Bayou and Dolph for keeping me as the for keeping me in that four spot as the Muck King. Um, all of those matchups were either close or contended at some point and any one of them would have put me in the five spot less in the driver's seat to make a playoff spot. So I actually got very lucky with how a lot of matchups turned out last week. Um, was definitely rooting hard for HCA to be you too, so that I would also have a, a, key, a puncher's chance at passing you for the buy. At a buy. Yeah. Yeah. That was <clears throat> cup did, did his thing. <clears throat> and he fucking did it. Uh, <clears throat> well, we were like, what, over halfway through the game where it looked like he wasn't going to do it? He only had four catches for like 45 yards, and then he got like <clears throat> catches in the second half. Pissed me off. <clears throat> um, any, anything else to add to Jack before we touch on Ryan real quick? Uh, let me see if I had anything else real quick, okay? I think Fields was a bet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just comes, it just comes down to these bets that we make fields has been pretty good, but it just wasn't consistent enough to get him W's week, week in and week out. Um, Bateman, just a very good real world player. We still don't know if he's going to have an impact on the fantasy season. We found out just a little bit too late about that. Right. Alan Robertson, abject bust, probably the worst bust mm-hmm. of the entire year in yep. any league. Um, and then cooks, you know, it sucks how much variance he's had since the trade. I really thought he'd be a stable um, 10 plus every week just because of being the only person with any talent in that offense, but yep. couldn't get it done. Um, no, nothing else to really touch on. I think we should move on to fats. Okay. So for fats, <clears throat> I have, so in the, I'll go, keep going back to the power rankings V2 because that's the last episode we did. And, um, we looked at the schedule hard and I noted that he had two tough weeks coming up, which he did. He came out of these last two weeks, one and one, which is okay. Now he faces two playoff teams in a row. He's got you this week and me next week. And then two final games are against Sherrod and checked out Norris. So mm-hmm. a, another team that has to go three and one um, that's going to get him in the matchup this week versus you is uh could go either way. I was looking at it earlier. Um, I think that he, I mean, there's any, any week, anything could happen. I've got a full arsenal or no, sorry. I have Connor out next week too. So there's a hit to me. So a, a good week from him could take that down too. So he's got to get out of these. He's got to get out of these matchups with you and I with at least one win. And then he's got a, that, matchup in week 13 versus Ross based on where we, what we're talking about is, is big. Whoever wins that matchup potentially 
has a shot going into the final week into week 14 to get that eighth win um, depending on how the next two weeks go. So, but overall, I think uh, the thing that kills Ryan is that his bi-week blues aren't over um, week 13. He loses two starters. I think it's DJ Moore and uh, so verse that matchup versus Ross, he's got two guys on by and it is, Aaron Rodgers and DJ Moore. He does have Kirk Cousins on the bench facing a Detroit team that week, so that's fine. But he's got to mm-hmm. he's got he's gonna have to play Beasley or one of the Giants receivers, um, which is always a crapshoot. So his opponents are weaker, but he's just not as deep with Derrick Henry going down. Miles Gaskin is so boom bust and busts more than he booms. He needs to overachieve considerably, I think, in the next four weeks to get to eight. And I'm just playing the odds and saying no. That's basically what, where, I, where I'm at. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to it beyond that. Um, it seems like it's going to come down to that matchup with Ross. And I think just Ross has a higher ceiling in that matchup. Um, you know, good team top to bottom. Um, shout out for pivoting from Derrick Henry very well. You know, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. The that's stable. tough. It's tough to tough to that's tough to absorb. Um, I wonder if what number one, what Barkley's gonna look like. Um, just that sucks too. But he also knew that risk going in. I mean, that's why Barkley was a second round pick this year, you know. Yep. And number two, um, it's cool that Keenan Allen's been matchup proof. You know, it's fucking annoying that Mike wasn't, but whatever. Or sorry, not matchup proof. Um he has weathered the, the decline of the Chargers offense very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, DJ Moore might take a big hit from Cam taking over at QB. Uh-huh. Um, I think, like I said, Cam is going to crush with running the ball and with dump offs to Christian McCaffrey. I think he's got a flaccid arm and is not going to get the ball to DJ Moore for him to be able to score the points that he needs in that wide, wide receiver three spot. Yeah, and he needs him. Fats needs him. <clears throat> All right. So we've discussed the muck. Let's get into the top four um, and see see who we've got. At four, mm-hmm. I have you, big dog. Okay. Um, that is my number three, so we can discuss it now, though. Okay. I've, my notes on you are um, a win this week versus Fats, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Win this week, uh, and you could – I think you've got a shot to make a late push up the rankings – um, you and, and dad's other family are gunning for me because Brett's locked in as number one, pretty much. Um, you've got Bayou next week. Who's severely crippled with buys, um, like really badly. He's got no reek. Uh, he's got, there's a couple other players, but no Tyreek, you know, that limits his, that limits Bill's upside considerably. Um, like oh well no Kyler too who he hasn't had playing anyway so like arguably his two best players in in Kyler and Tyreek are both off next week um Mm -hmm. so you should win that one uh you get gravy without AJ Brown in week 13 and you get Falco Mm -hmm. week 14 all without escaping any relevant buys you've covered your bye weeks completely so you got to go four and oh I think to get to have a shot at that number two spot since you're three games behind me. Um, and I need a kind of a collapse, but it could happen. Okay. 
so I have myself at number three, but my analysis before um, we get to my number four, which I assume is your number three in Dolph. Yep. Um, so myself at number three, uh, Dolph and I have identical schedules in terms of the teams on the mm-hmm. way out. Yep. And if we both go three and one, I tr- I just trust my points four over his points four. And that's pretty much what comes down that what it comes down to. Well, if you both go three and one, he's got one more win than you. Oh fuck, you're right. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'll just stick with it. I think I beat Gravy Train and he loses the Gravy Train. There okay. you go. All right. Pivoting um, on the take. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I go four and oh, he goes three and one. I, I don't see just based on your schedule. I looked at your schedule too, based on your schedule and your team. You know, you really only need one more win to like you're not you're not out of the non-playoff team consideration, but one more win, especially this week, um, pretty much against a muck against a muck a muck team against a muck team. Yeah, yeah. You really only need one more win, in my opinion, to get into the playoff consideration. Just because you're in, you're already at the top of those three spots that are up for grabs based on record, right? You've got four teams that are only one game behind you. So a loss puts you in the muck (laughs) fully, but there's no way, even with a loss this week, I don't think there's a a way that you get out of the playoff picture. So one win keeps you there. That's why I have you at four. All right. You're number three, Dolph. Go for it. So Dolph, again, with these top four teams where I'm, I took the angle of the – or the slant per our chat right now. I took the slant of who could potentially get the bye. So Dolph, um, he's in consideration for the number two spot 100%. Three and one gets him in the combo, right, because it gets him to 10 wins. Four and oh over the next four wins, 11 wins, it's very real. Um, I've got him in points, so – Two wins locks it up for me, two and two. Um, But four straight winnable matchups, because you you said you got the same schedule. You guys both have four straight winnable matchups, which is just not playing Brett, basically. Um, And then uh, with the trade, we already talked about it a bunch, but he kept an RB1 and he upgraded a wide receiver, which I just think is more effective than the downgraded tight end that he took for with Dan Arnold. So, um, if you guys were, I just put Dolph at three and you at four because of the record. If you guys had the same record, uh, I think I would put you at three because I think your team is stronger. Um, mm-hmm. but with the same exact schedule and one win more and the, and the fab, what the fuck? He's got $45 in fab. So he's got the chance to, outbid basically everybody (laughs) basically outbid everyone except for Brett on um, potentially a a running back or a wide receiver or something that emerges Um, I saw an interesting stat that had like Calvin Johnson uh, I think Justin Jefferson was in there there are these rookie wide receivers out there and I think there are a couple on the waivers that had like you know, yards in like the 100, 200 range for the first like 10 weeks. And then in the last six weeks or seven weeks of the season, they just explode. So dad has the ability to upgrade with his fab budget, you know, a player on the waivers currently who could end up being that like 
late season fantasy superstar that just has an amazing two or three weeks or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit of an advantage for him too. Mm-hmm. So I think our number two is the same. And yep. I think if you're being honest with yourself, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how interesting it is to discuss you and BFSF since we already know, we know, but I think my analysis and, and I'm, especially since we're not doing a power rankings thing, we're just saying where the playoff, um spots gonna align um after i mean i think he's gonna get you this week that was a tough start with the patriots defense you know you always want to add up what the defense and the kicker get combined right right that's that's at least how i look at it and getting 28 just from the defense has got him off to a tough start a tough start for you to overcome um he also has the two worst teams in the league down this season so I just think just by schedule and then the results of the eventual result of this week's matchup, which I'm calling for him. I, I don't really have much more analysis than that is that you're going to end up at number two. Um, do you, do you have more team related analysis or, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, I don't. I, um, <clears throat> I think I get the only thing I had about myself is that two and two locks me in to the buy and, uh, I think my schedule is favorable enough for me to get two wins in the next after this week. Cause I'm going to take a loss this week, but it's fats Bayou and gravy Bayou's once again, super crippled in week 13 with no Chubb and no AJ Dillon, no defense and no kicker. <laughs> so, not that the kicker and defense make that big of a thing, but he's just got to make moves. So as long as I stay healthy, I should be able to go two and two down this four game stretch and, and lock in the buy because I don't think dad I, I've got dad by like 150 points and I've got you by right. like 140 or I've got dad by 160 and you by 140 so as long as I get two wins I'm locked in to number two and then <clears throat> I have been I won't I won't pound my chest too much but I think over the last three weeks I've gotten closer to Brett um, just in terms of, if you look at our teams and look at our starting lineups, um, he, th- there's just more variance. I feel like in his wide receivers, like we still like Debo has been so, so good. Um, but he's also had two games where he has like less than 10 points. Right. And I think cup and CD are, just cemented as for 15 points a game going forward and mm-hmm. Debo and Thielen have variants. Now, then you switch to the running backs, obviously Fournette has variants and all my running backs have variants and he's locked in for Taylor. So um, I think we're pretty, pretty even in my opinion. Um, he's obviously got the better running backs. I think I have the better receivers. So we'll see. Uh, I think we're the two best teams and I think I've, I've gotten a little bit closer to him than I was three, four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys are definitely up there together. It's just, again, just going to be how the the schedule shakes out that determines the one versus the two spot. Um, I think you guys are clearly in your own tier. I think Dolph is muck plus. I think I'm muck, either muck or muck adjacent, perhaps the Lord of the muck. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got the muck below us. Um, 
So just to, you want to just recap your rankings real quick. So everyone has it in a Buzzfeed listicle real quick. Yep. So strikes has a number six BLR coming out of the muck dirty as fuck, but Hey, it doesn't matter if it's pretty. BLR yeah, we're talking, six. We're talking end of Shawshank. End of <laughs> yeah. Shawshank. Muddy as hell, but ready to go. <coughs> BLR number six, gravy number five, big dog number four, Doff number three, strikes number two, BFSF number one. And I have gravy six, Ross five, Doff four. Even though I messed up the win-loss schedules, I'm just going to punish either punish myself for the lack of preparation or just reading a typo poorly or whatever the fuck I did. I'm just going to plant my flag on it and say that Big Dog comes out of this trade machine and rips off a 4-0 to get the three spot. Number two strikes, number one BFSF. Shout out BFSF. We're not analyzing you because it's pretty much a done deal that you're going to be number one. The, uh, okay, so I have – this is a little bit of ad lib, but it might be kind of fun. We could go mm-hmm. through really quick. So based on my rankings, and we can do your rankings too, based on my rankings, in week 15 of the playoffs, you would play Gravy. Okay. How do you feel about that? I feel like we are as similar a team as you can find in the league in terms of, I think that is the best matchup you're going to find in terms of like, just not being able to predict the outcome. Actually, what's interesting is in your rankings, you have yourself three and gravy six. So in your rankings as well, you would play gravy. Damn. So either way I'm headed for gravy. Either way you're headed for gravy. So we'll be looking for a gravy big dog matchup in week 15. Um, I think that's a, I think those are two um, very, very evenly matched teams, especially with Antonio Brown coming back. Yep. And then for, for mine that we, it would uh, shake out as Doff and BLR, which would be really interesting because I think mm-hmm. same, same way, you know, uh, dad has a couple is more heavy hitter centric. But BLR is just deep. Um, mm-hmm. Still continues to evade the elusive 30-burger for any of his players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't have that one player, which we've talked about uh, ad nauseum throughout the year. He doesn't have that one player that can really blow it off. But maybe it comes <laughs> then. <laughs> um, would also be a very interesting, interesting matchup. And for you, it would be Dad's Other Family and Ross as a playoff matchup, um, mm-hmm. which would also be super interesting. There's no bye weeks, right? We, we have the playoff schedule. Everybody is full go minus injuries. Um, and then, so week 15, well, we, week 15 would be Cam Newton against Buffalo would be Alvin Kamara versus Tampa Bay, which has been arguably the best run defense in the NFL. Um, so that'd be a tough week potentially for Ross. Um, but I think we're both in agreement that Ross has one more move up his sleeve. So things are going to change drastically for Ross's team based on you and I's thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think we are building in bets. I'm building in bets paying off for Ross and one more trade for sure. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Let's do the picks. Just to, just to recap that those are the, Oh, do you want to say your rankings? Do your rankings in this form. I did. 
I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Gravy, um, Ross, Doff, Big Dog, Strikes, BFSF. Yep. So just to talk about the matchups one more time, we're aligned that Gravy and Big Dog will play each other in week 15. And then uh, we have the potential of a Doff versus BLR matchup or a Doff versus Dick Loss matchup, which if he makes the playoffs is 100% Dick found. Be an achievement. You know that, what's that uh, Tenacious D song, Detachable Penis? <laughs> Ross, you should listen to that for motivation. Oh my that's gosh. A, you're basically making your, your fantasy team name like, the plot of that song basically hilarious detachable thing <laughs> yeah all right let's run off the picks um we're gonna do next week too let's do next week as well oh man um okay uh, well, if you have we time. definitely have to do like the minimum no i'm just saying for the listenership let's just make sure it's like a pti soundbite at most for each one okay sounds good all right big dog fats i got big dog um, I'm taking this. I was looking at this one earlier and I thought it was kind of a tough one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I'm going to take fats. Okay. I think you have the controversial opinion. So why don't you vamp for 30 seconds about it? Okay. I think if there's ever going to be a week that Gaskin can put up 15 to 20 points, it's this week against the jets. Um, I think he gets the normal production out of his wide receivers and the rest of his, the rest of his players, Barkley set up for another dud, but I think that Gaskin can make up for it. And then uh, really it's about, for me, for you, it's about Allen versus Indy. I think that's probably a sloppy game. He might have a dud. Mike Williams gets Joe Hayden, who's been good, I think. Um, So there's, I just saw Khalil Mack is out for the season, so we could have a big air it out game, in which case I think the edge goes to you. But I'm going to take Fats in a to put up 120, and, I'd, and I'm going to take you to not have anybody score like 25 plus, basically. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will just say that I've, I'm going to reiterate I don't like DJ Moore's spot. We don't know what Barkley is going to do. And I trust the, you know, wide receiver three slash four brigade of Kirk, Hunter Renfro, and now Mike Williams to, you know, come together for 30 points. I think that's all I need from them. And Josh Jacobs has been catching passes. So as long as they don't put out the fucking stinker they had last week, I should be fine in that RB2 spot. We could see fireworks in Las Vegas, Cincinnati, potentially. I mean, that was ugly. I could not believe. And yet, Renfro, 14 points, second week in a row again. I love love that scrappy little bastard. <laughs> in Vegas, on the turf, I think that I might take the over in that game for betting purposes. All right. I think um, what's, what's interesting is now with these picks, now I'm thinking about my playoff picks to influence those picks, right? So, like, Gravy Falco, I picked Falco to miss the playoffs. I'm picking Gravy in this matchup. And, yeah, now, I've gotta, and now I've got to back it up with analysis. <laughs> yeah, now you gotta, you got to do it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to take Gravy as well. I think okay. it's based on the, the dud from Pitts. I think you needed a big game from him, and Gravy is uh, – well, we'll see what happens with Miles Sanders because if Miles Sanders does not, does not play, uh, he, he doesn't have a player – to slot into his flex 
position at this point. So yeah, that uh, we'll everything see. does ride on 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 the edge for that. Um, do you think he's going to try to upgrade Pollard before the trade deadline? Um, like, no, I think I mean, he's good like at RB. Pollard. I think he's good at running back mm-hmm. after after this okay. week. You um, like him, so you like Pollard even with Zeke on the field with him. If he if he does upgrade, it's going to be for with this week in mind. He's trying to take okay. care of business this week. And then um, you know, that'll be it'll be interesting to see if if trades do happen, how they affect the rest of the year, because we've got we've only got 36 hours to go until the trade deadline and there's four or five teams just fighting week to week and say gravy does end up with um, a trade for Connor or something for me to try and upgrade his running backs for this week. Does it in the long term hurt him? That would be the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. All right. We both have gravy. Okay. Sorry, Eli Mitchell. Dolph Bayou. It's pretty even. Oh, Dolph. Yeah. Dolph. 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 Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Bayou. Okay. And not, and All right. Just that to, is another. Not just to try ahead. and get wins. My fats pick was to try and just be a little different from you, so I could catch you. But this one, I think Bayou's got the shot. Um, I think Casey Dallas is gonna be fireworks. Um, it also hinges on Kyler playing, which I think he will. Um, and his Dolph's running backs have. You know, Pittsburgh is tough for the ground game. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they each have a receiver in Dallas KC. Um, Bayou's flex is we, a little worse, but AJ Dillon's well, an RB1, RB1 consideration. So Dolph's or Bayou's RBs, I think, in this matchup match Dolph's. And I think uh, if Kyler plays, Bayou's got an edge. Tyler, Tyreek, Chubb, and Dylan. That's pretty stout. Yeah. That's pretty fucking stout. Um, I'm not going to change – I'm not saying that because I'm going to change my pick. I think it's going to be close. I don't know. I feel like this is the get-right week for – and even though they haven't been super great, Herbert still did rip off 31 points two weeks ago, right? Yeah, that stack is lethal. If Eckler catches a touchdown, I mean, that's huge for, for Dad. Yeah, good point. Um, notable matchup: McKissick versus Gibson. Yep. Do you think there is? Do you think they can both get theirs in the same game? Because it feels like it's some. It's hard to like align the two playing well together. Yeah, they, and they've been riding Gibson. I think you know that's that's the big weak spot for for Bill. Um, let's see if there's anybody on the bench. So Claypool is questionable. Uh, he remained limited at practice. Mike Tomlin didn't give a good update. He's going to be Pittsburgh's wide receivers. I hate all of them. He's, I think if, if Claypool can play, uh, Predator should put him in because mm-hmm. Washington's been riding Gibson. So I think McKissick's, and it's not like, like Carolina, it should be like a kind of a knockout drag out fight. I don't think it's going to be first to 30. So. If Claypool plays, I think you put him in, and if he doesn't, that's that's an advantage for for Dad for sure. Yeah, I'm not switching my pick. I've got Dolph, but I will couch it by saying if I think the winner will be determined by 
if there's a clear winner between Gibson and McKissick in their game. Yeah. That's what I'm going to let it come down to. Okay. All right. BLL or Norse. Does the misery continue for Norse? Do you say yes? I say yes. I say yes as well. BLR also a playoff pick for you. So again, I'm leaving it to your analysis. Go. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, Norse is just in shambles now che- completely checked out obviously, but CMC's back. Hubbard Chuba scored a touchdown last week at the goal line. Um, and Jones is out. So he's just hoping that CEH can come back, but Reed didn't, Andy Reed didn't give a clear indicator except for that. He said he had a good week, which, you know, is basically just coach speak. So there's pure, <laughs> pure coach speak. You've got like a ceiling of 10 points with a touchdown for Chuba. Um, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders coming back, same deal. If he does play that puts Jordan Howard in a back to the bench. Um, so I'm just taking BLR because Norris is just in shambles continuous mm-hmm. shambles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh not really much to add to that norse is this is one of the you know least luck whatever you want to call it in fantasy football without you know sounding like you're criticizing the guy but this has just been one of the most bummer seasons you could see from a fantasy football team yeah fatherhood fatherhood's a lot man <laughs> fatherhood's a lot fatherhood's a lot <laughs> oh geez <clears throat> worth Sorry. noting we were did, did we discuss how him and i had had to retract an actual trade that went through no two weeks ago i don't know if you remember that happening i do not remember that happening we pushed through a trade that sent him fuck i can't remember but i think i got him the raiders guys and then in return he gave me well, Lockett was on a buy, so he needed to cover a spot. And then I think I got someone else. I can't remember who it was. But it was at, it was a trade, and we were texting. He couldn't get them in the starting spot quick enough. And so we had to, like, retract the trade because the whole point of the trade was to get him guys that could play this week. And we were texting. He was like, yeah, I feel like this was a little bit of a heist. Um, and I was like, yeah, I agree. I don't really want to be like a shiesty trade partner. So we actually texted gravy and had him reverse the trade. Interesting. Kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's wild. I did not know that. I know. I know. I tried to pull it off at like 12 59 PM Eastern time for the 1 PM games. And we just couldn't, he couldn't get them in the starting lineup quick enough because he was at the grocery store with his child. So yeah, fatherhood's, fatherhood's fatherhood, tough. fatherhood is tough. <laughs> Um, all right. I think HCA and Ross is more interesting. So let's just go to me and Brett real quick. I'm taking Brett. Okay. Thursday. There's not much to analyze besides, you know, he, he's, he's got, yeah. I mean, 28, 28, I think. Yeah. 28. Yeah. Really when your defense spots you 28 points, it's silly to, um, really pick anything else. You know, like Agreed. that's a lot. That's a lot, man. <laughs> and Debo, number two in the the number two wide receiver in the league, right? Yep. That was so funny. What it, what was the te- the thing that was sent the other night about Booger, where it was like, you know, just not a not a number one wide receiver, and it was like <laughs> he's he's the number two he, wide receiver. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um all, all right. right all right last man. one and i i've actually liked bogan a studio role but it's it's good to know that we can still expect 
gaps like that from him where it's like, oh, you don't watch the games. Got it. He's the football version of Barkley, basically. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> Chuck is way more fun. He actually uh, analyzes, but his old guy um, takes just get in the way of his own damn analysis. It's freaking booger like doesn't watch just he doesn't even have interesting things to say most of the time he just leans on tropes anyway that's my booger rant i get why ross likes him because he is fun in a studio role i've listened to interviews with him where he's like just phenomenal and like really fun to hear speak but no you can't you can't trust the guy's opinion more he says the number two wide receiver football isn't a number isn't a good isn't a good wide receiver (laughs) yeah um i think feeling I, I've been a believer in Thielen since the beginning of the year, and he has proven himself as the touchdown hound. So I think he's going to yep. get one this week, and that'll seal it up from an X Factor standpoint. Yep. No cup. Oh, no cup back. kills me. Gronk is back, no. and Cup is on by. So I'm I'm losing my. <clears throat> you know, the guy that I would put in there one v one to win the war is is on by. So. That's All right. Tough. So why is the HTA Ross matchup interesting? Is it because we're going to disagree? I think we are going to disagree. Um, and I just think it's interesting because the, narr- the the story of Ross in 2021 has been potentially the best of any of any team because he's been so up and down. The, to me, the fact that he's five and five is uh, an impressive feat. Um, mm-hmm. He's been <clears throat> grinding out his starting lineups since like week two. <laughs> um, that guy, that guy has made, I was about to say that guy likes to make himself suffer. Yeah. yeah. Cause he just, he, he plays fantasy football in a way that is just so like grindy and like suffer core. <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? It's like torture yep. board with fantasy football. <laughs> we'll see too. And it's, it's also interesting because of how much we've talked about Ross potentially making a deal in the next 36 hours. So his team mm-hmm. could be wildly different. Um, but I mean, I get, I mean, I can even get ahead Sunday. of what your analysis is probably going to be, which is top to bottom. HCA has a more complete team this week and McCaffrey's back and Daryl Williams has, yep. Daryl Williams has been a really nice um, piece and you probably don't think he's going to be affected by CEH very much. Do you? No, I think he will. I think CEH will come back and, and take his role back. Um, But I mean, Daryl Williams had like a a wide receiver one output last week with like a hundred yards receiving, um, which is crazy. So CEH comes back and puts that up. Norris realizes the value of CEH that he was that he drafted just so happens mm-hmm. that he doesn't have any wins. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking HTA um, and it's more so the most interesting because of what we had, where we disagreed in our playoff rankings, you putting Sherrod in there. And I think this, I think HTA wins and Sherrod uh, is on his last thread. This would kill, this would kill Ross's season. So besides just being hyped for Ross, loving the narrative of, of all people, his, you know, his guy, Cam Newton coming in and saving his season. Um, I actually think Gallup's like a weird Twitter player that I think is super overrated. If I'm being honest. Um, I mean, CD is so good Uh and uh, Amari is so dependable that there's really only scratch and Dalton Schultz plays well. Right. I mean, there's only scraps left for Gallup at that point. Yep. I actually think 
I think he's the chain. Top. I think he's like the chain mover. Sort I of. I mean, he's Willie really like, Sneed. Like he's valuable yeah. in real life. Right? Sneed, yeah, exactly. And it if his value too probably for the Chiefs is. Or for the Cowboys, is he? I mean, with CD in the slot now, he's unguardable with by slot corners, basically, or linebackers Mm -hmm. by that matter. And then it also frees up Cooper a little bit more, who's like one of the best man to man wide receivers in the NFL still. So I'm just going to lob a hot take out there because Ross is arguably his worst position from top to bottom at first glance is his wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to actually say his wide receivers outscore HTA's wide receivers. And that's a big reason why I'm picking him this week. McLaurin, okay. I don't love what's been happening for McLaurin lately either. Yeah. Um, I think Gallup's overrated, like I said. And so it's just going to come down to Waddle versus T Higgins. And Waddle has played very well this year, has been sort of QB proof, you know, and then they're playing the Jets. So that's, that's pretty much what I got. Ross will ride his underrated wide receivers against HTA's overrated wide receivers, steal the matchup and start his His ascent to the the playoffs. Cool. I like it. Uh, I was just looking at next week to see if we can make some picks and like people just have a bunch of buys. So I think this, it would take fucking forever to try and puzzle this together. So let's just table it. Yeah. We've made a good episode already. We don't want to, we don't want the fellas to have to listen to them for more than an hour, 20 minutes. <laughs> cool. So to reiterate real quick, by the way, shout out, you won your first week of picks two weeks ago. Yes. Six Finally. and O oh, six and O oh, you are still six games back on me. Okay. You're also still four weeks back on me. So if you want to go by overall records, you actually have a shot or if this you want to go by weekly record, uh, you don't have a shot. I can tie. <laughs> we got there's big a, dog there's a and six four weeks and strikes 18 and 12 one week to reiterate the picks big dog fats big dog big dog strikes fats gravy falco big dog gravy strikes gravy by you doff big dog doff strikes doff blr norse big dog blr strikes blr hta ross big dog ross strikes hta strikes bfsf big dog bfsf strike bfsf so we've got three differences of opinion in this one so you'll either, you'll, you'll either um, put the coffin or put the nail in the coffin in me for the, for the year this week, or I'm fighting for the overall. You record. are, you're grinding, <laughs> you're grinding, you're grinding. You're like the Ross of the, of the weekly picks. <laughs> Just grinding, Just trying to grinding find an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Finding any edge that you can find and just throwing a Hail Mary. Yeah. But Hey, maybe, HTA is your Cam Newton this week that gets the big win over Ross, gets you a spot on me. Moses in the desert. All right. Well, All that right. was some that that was some primo bloviating. We have to say it every episode. That was yeah. some pre, primo bloviating. So I think we should leave it there. What do you think? Well done, bloviation, as always. Well done, bloviating. All right. Enjoy, fellas. Peace out, big dog. Let's go, Ross. <laughs>